Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, Managing Editor over at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And first of all, I'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We're recording here Friday, December 22nd. Lots of stuff going on this week. Uh, needed to let the the early signing day nonsense, I guess, if we're going to call it that, uh, wrap up before we get you guys the latest this week. So we're just going to kind of dive into some of that, some of the stuff going on the transfer portal. There is more going on right now than we've ever seen. And so why don't we just stop? Why don't, why don't we start right there? Let's Let's start with the calendar in December. We have seen more and more coaches speak out about the issues with the college football calendar than we have ever seen. Uh, This is the last two years we have watched the transfer portal, the change in timing for early signing period, uh, national signing day. We've seen all of these changes happen and college football is still revolving around an academic clock. Like it or not, that is that's how things are run right now. The academic calendar is what uh, that's what predicates what the what the college football teams and and staffs and rosters and all of that are are doing. So we saw the transfer portal open up on December fourth. There's now I think we're approaching two thousand names in the portal since that point. Um. It's almost impossible to keep up with with everything that's happening there, and that's just from a from a journalism and and even some fandom point of view. How in the world is a head coach at the college football level supposed to keep up with everything that's going on? So, the transfer portal opens up the the Monday after we we see championship weekend conclude. So all the conference championships are up. Regular season's over. Transfer portal opens. So you have all of these guys enter the transfer portal. We are two weeks away from, at at that point in time, we're two weeks away from early signing day, which was Wednesday, December 20th. And you have, you've got a a limited amount of time if you're a coaching staff to go out and and do these in-home visits. So you, you hop on a flight, go across the country, Go talk to this this high school kid that you're hoping to to sign on Wednesday that you may or may not have have committed at that point, and you get a phone call from your staffer back home who is supposed to be taking care of things and 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 watching the house while you're out, and your starting offensive guard decides to leave and and enter the transfer portal. Uh, what? How 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 are you supposed so so now you're trying to fixed or mend that relationship, didn't see it coming. Uh you 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 start looking at, you know, how are we going to replace this guy? Let's let's look in the portal, uh get some evaluations done on some of these guys, and you're trying to fill in a roster hole that that you didn't have a few days ago, and you're still trying to recruit high school players. Oh, and and, and by the way, on top of all of this going on, You've got a bowl game to prepare for in in less than three weeks, so you've got practices. Uh, I, I mean, do we do we need to go any further than that? There is no way that this is a 
This is a schedule that can continue. It just can't. There's there's no way that coaches are going to be able to continuously do this year after year. I wouldn't be shocked at all if changes don't get made that we start seeing some of the bigger names in college football start to, to maybe look at the NFL or, or, or maybe just say, hey, I've made enough money. I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. It, it's ridiculous that the month of December is more hectic, more chaotic on on a coaching staff than in-season uh, times are. It's ridiculous that that this is still operating this way. I, and let's not pretend that the NCAA knows what it's doing when it comes to college football. I mean, <laughs> we've we've seen so many problems uh, rise and 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 come up over the last couple of years. I mean, what are, what are we doing whenever it comes to to midweek games for for like? you know, other sports for, for men's and women's basketball, for softball, for soccer. What are we, what are we doing sending players and coaches from the university of Arizona to West Virginia midweek for, for a soccer game? There's just, there's so many things that the NCAA is getting wrong and I don't want to get on that soapbox right now. We're going to switch gears here in just a second, but it just can't continue. Some changes have to be made. I do believe at some point they will. I, I just I hope for the sake of college football that it's not too late uh, that that we don't see that we see some of these changes come into effect before we maybe run off some of the better names in in the sport. So, uh, with that being said, let's let's switch gears here. As I said, we we had National Signing Day or Early Signing Day on uh, on Wednesday, <clears throat> and we saw some 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 big winners and some big losers uh on, on that day and let's start with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska was a big winner in, in in this 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 year's early signing day. First of all, they they signed five-star quarterback Dylan Raiola who flipped from Georgia. So so we've got a, a big that that's a huge that, that's your crown jewel for for, for Nebraska. That's a big time commitment. Um, that's one of their highest rated, uh, recruits in program history. So huge, huge win for Matt rule. Um, and, and we, we saw, you know, I, I believe Matt rules team went five and seven this year, uh, showed some improvement, but they, they also signed, uh, Vincent Shaver at, at linebacker. You had Amari Sanders at cornerback, Larry Tarver also there at cornerback, big, names that Nebraska just has missed on over the last several years. Um, this was big. This was really, really good. There's a lot of, of happy folks right now uh, uh, up in up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they should be. Uh, Nebraska hasn't really been relevant in college football in some time, and it feels as if uh, the, the page there might be, might be getting flipped a little bit. So uh, does that make Georgia a loser, I ask you? No, it does not. Yes, they they lost the number one quarterback in the class in Dylan Rayola, but my goodness, are they not? I mean, they are they are still number one class in the twenty twenty four cycle, um, particularly by uh, by a pretty probably a bit, pretty big margin. They've got the number one overall corner uh, in Ellis Robinson the fifth, or excuse me, the fourth. Uh, number one linebacker Justin Williams. They've got the number one safety in KJ Bolden, who they flipped over from Florida State. Uh, 
they they also they get four star quarterback Ryan uh, Pugli- Puglisi, who uh, you know he's been he's been committed there for a while, uh, and and has been locked in with the Bulldogs even even when Rayola committed to to them. So Georgia Georgia's doing just fine. Don't start feeling bad for the Bulldogs as if any of you do. <laughs> um, they they are doing just fine. Florida. On the other hand, big time rival of of the Georgia Bulldogs, they were a huge loser. Um, this 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 was not a good day for 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 Florida and Billy Napier. So they they had a really good looking class, um, and then things kind of started to trickle, fall apart. So they they lost Kendall Jackson, three star defensive lineman, and then a big one, uh, Xavier Filisame, uh five-star defensive back. He, he decommits. Uh, then we see Nasir Johnson. We see Wardo Mack. We see Javante Waller. It just, I, I mean, Amaris Williams, Adarius Hayes, big names, big defensive names, particularly. They all flipped. They, they left on, on, you saw, uh, all these guys leave, particularly defensive, defensive lineman, Amaris Williams, uh, flipped to Auburn, and then Adarius Hayes, linebacker, four-star linebacker, he flips to Miami on National Signing Day, on, on early signing day. So they, they, they just—I don't know. That, that's that's going to be a tough. That's it's going to be a tough climb for for Billy Napier, especially considering the the schedule that they have next year. My goodness, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough climb. They did they did sign DJ Lagway, five-star quarterback. Um, and they got LJ McCray, who was another big time defensive lineman guy for them. Uh, they they did, they were able to get those two guys to sign, but it it wasn't uh, it it wasn't a a good day for Florida. They they certainly lost more than they gained, and and it was certainly a tough day to be a Gators fan there. So uh, Florida is is our first big loser on the day. Uh, let's let's take a take another look here. Uh, Florida State. Uh, you could even say Florida State was was kind of a loser here. They they had uh, two five star guys ready to go, uh, ready to sign in, in this class, and they missed on both of them. KJ Bolden, as we just spoke about, uh, he he ends up going to Georgia, and Armando Blount, uh, who was was locked in with the Knolls, he flips over to Miami, and. You know, let's be honest here. Florida, Florida State's still signing a big, uh, a big time class. They're still top ten, but losing those two guys hurts. That's, I mean, those are two five star guys that you really, uh, you know, you're hoping to, to to build around. They they end up somewhere else, and and that hurts. How about uh, we we let's flip let's flip sides here. Let's go from the East Coast to the West Coast. How about USC being a big time loser yesterday? Uh, so they, this is this is something that that Lincoln Riley has been good at good at his entire time as a, as a head coach, but I think we might be seeing USC start to fall apart a little bit here. Um, USC, uh, they lost Ryan Pelham. He flipped over to Oregon. Uh, we saw lots of we saw lots of guys signing yesterday. The problem is. USC didn't they didn't sign a lot of elite guys. They only had 11 blue chip players, 11 four or five star guys. 
I mean, when you compare that to the 20 that that Oregon landed or, you know, the 18 that, that Michigan uh, or 17 that Penn State and Ohio State had, those are those are teams that they're going to have to face in the Big Ten. And they just didn't sign the amount of conference or the amount of, of, of uh, blue chip recruits that, that those teams did. And that's going to be a problem. I mean, USC under Lincoln Riley was supposed to be this massive, uh, just a monster of a recruiter. And after seven, five year, it just, things are kind of looking a little bit sketchy, a little bit sketchy out there in LA. So uh, we did speak about Oregon uh, just shortly there when they, when they flipped uh, Ryan Pelham, Oregon's making a push here, guys. Uh, I, I really like the class that Oregon's put together. I would call them a big winner from yesterday. Um, we look at we look at what they've got right now, and they they as we just said they had uh, twenty blue chip prospects sign. And when we when we take a look at what they have overall, their class currently sits at sixth according to rivals. They've got six. Uh, Six three stars, twenty four star guys. Um, they sit just behind Ohio State and just ahead of Oklahoma in the rankings here. And they had every single player committed, all twenty six guys signed with them. So this is this is big. This is a really uh, this is a really big time get for for Oregon and and what they're building out there. I you have to like what Dan Lanning's done uh with the Ducks. So an exciting time to be an Oregon Duck fan. Uh lots of good things going on out that direction. Let's let's kind of let's switch gears here again. This is a this is not a Big 12 podcast, but it is on a Big 12 site. Uh Heartland College Sports, as you know, we cover the Big 12 better than anybody. How about uh how about the Big 12? What's the Big 12 looking like? Well, Texas Tech, watch out. Texas Tech's doing some things on the recruiting trail. They haven't had a top three class in the Big 12 since 2015. I'll do the math for you. That was eight years ago. They're number one in 2024. Now, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving, and that certainly helps. But Texas Tech has a top 30 uh, group that they just signed last year, and they are in the top 25 this year. a lot of that is due to to wide receiver Micah Hudson signing on the dotted line with Texas Tech. Huge get for the Red Raiders there. He's first ever five star uh, signee for for the Red Raiders. So Texas Tech, big winner, uh, doing some good things there. Let's talk about Colorado. Are they a winner or a loser? They're a loser today in today's show. Uh, Deion Sanders is unorthodox uh, to say the least and we're going to just continue to follow how he does things they didn't sign very many guys and the big the big reason why they were a loser and and this may this may account for nothing but Jordan Seaton their five-star offensive tackle who committed uh just just not too long ago he ended up not signing and you know anytime that you have a guy of that caliber that that hadn't put pen to paper it's going to to make folks uh, around a program a little uncomfortable. So he is he's still unsigned and he's still considering 
his home state school, which is Maryland, could be problematic. You've got a couple of months here to get it figured out. I'm sure Dion has a plan. Um, it probably involves the transfer portal. That's just kind of what we've seen from him lately. But uh, he needs to land a couple of these high schoolers um, that can make a difference. Jordan Seaton being one of those guys, they need to find a way to get him signed. Uh, it would it would help them tremendously to do that. So uh, we'll be following along and see see how things play out there. Um, that's that's a pretty good synopsis there of, of kind of what happened on on uh, early signing day. We're gonna switch gears here and finish up with uh, some transfer portal news. Let's let's kind of go over some of the top guys that are uh, some of the top guys that have 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 committed and and made their decisions here since we spoke last. Uh, Princely Uman uh, Mylan from Florida has has committed to Ole Miss. Guys, if you haven't been keeping up with what Ole Miss is doing in the transfer portal, you better start. They have they've been they've been the most impressive uh they've been the most impressive team in the transfer portal I think bar none th- this year. They've been absolutely killing it in the transfer portal. So they get Chris Paul Jr., who's a who's a uh, four-star linebacker, uh one of the best available linebackers out there. Uh, Tavion Nicholson from, from Illinois, four-star defensive back, uh, Lewis Moore, uh, safety there, uh, three-star offensive lineman, Jorkane squat. But here, listen to some of these names here. The princely human Malin, who we just spoke about, he was one of the top pass rushers in the sec last year at Florida. He will now be there with Ole Miss. That's huge. Tyler Barron, another big time guy. Um, from Tennessee, he ends up signing with uh, with Ole Miss, and and uh, and they've got so they've got bookends there of, of two edge rushers that are going to be really good for them next year. Juice Wells, the top overall wide receiver in the portal from South Carolina, he is headed to Ole Miss next season, and then DeCameron uh, Richardson, one of the best available uh, cornerbacks in the in the class here flips from Mississippi State over to Mississippi. So big, big, big time uh, haul there for for Ole Miss and what they've done in the transfer portal. I think at this point it's it's pretty well safe to say that Lane Kiffin is the king of the transfer portal. That guy has made some big additions. Um, since we spoke last, Georgia, former five-star edge rusher Marvin Jones has committed uh, to Florida State, he he entered the transfer portal there at Georgia. Caden Green, uh, surprise entry for for Oklahoma into the portal. He lands with the Missouri Tigers, uh, who have gotten the better of Oklahoma for with these Lee Summit North kids over the last couple of of battles there. So he ends up uh, in Missouri. Will be a big time gift for those guys. Andrew Makuba, uh, four star safety from Clemson, has has committed to Texas since we spoke last. And uh, Joey Slackman. This was another big one. Six four, three hundred pounds. Played his football at Penn last year. They play some good football in the Ivy League, guys. I'm just telling you, there's there's some good talent there. Uh, he ends up at Florida, so that's going to help the Gators out uh, pretty pretty well. And uh, the last big one here was we saw LT Overton, four star defensive tackle, former five star defensive tackle. Uh, he flipped. He he ends up. Uh, 
transferring to Alabama from Texas A&M. So Alabama gets richer and Texas A&M sees another five-star guy uh, leave from that 2022 class. All right. That is going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you once again so much for tuning into the show. We appreciate you guys. If you like the show, please make sure you are subscribing and you're leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If you do that, take a screenshot with your phone, email it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and he will get you one of these koozies in the mail. It might not be something I would wrap for for a friend for, for Christmas, but it is certainly something that will keep your beer cold. And really, at the end of the day, that, that, that's what you want a koozie for, right? So if you want one of those, email that to my boss, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. He'll get one out to you in the mail. And uh, I want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas. Thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.